Welcome to season five of the Life Giver Podcast, a place for honest conversation and hope that will breathe life back into your military or first responder marriage. This is your host, Corey Weathers. I'm a military spouse, clinician, and advocate, and I'm bringing topics that I hear from the service community and counseling room to the podcast, where we can face the challenges of this lifestyle together. This is a live Q&A on the Life Giver podcast. In case anybody needs to share their genuine excitement of the fact that I'm doing a live Q&A on the podcast and hoping that it's actually going to work, I'm going to do this. Yes, that's something, right? So this is an important topic. It's something that um, I'm a mom and something that I've been thinking a lot about. Um, Almost every single one of my sessions lately, um, especially in the last month, has been about this topic of what to do with our kids. I mean, honestly, we've all been thinking about this and concerned about this since COVID started, right? Like when everything went on shutdown and I did do, um, and I think Matt even joined me back in March. We did a few episodes, even a couple lives like this. I did one with Jennifer Hamrick where we talked a little bit about um, if you've kind of felt like you were temporarily in this spot last quarter with your kids where you were quote, homeschooling. I have since probably like a lot of you guys been corrected by a lot of our official homeschool parents out there that we were not really doing homeschooling. But for those of us like me, who were um, genuinely feeling like we were homeschooling, that is definitely what it felt like. Um, And that's okay. That's okay. So now we're in this place where it has been, you know, I've lost count. We were counting the days initially. And then we just kind of hit this grief point, I think for our family where there was no end in sight and we just stopped counting. But I know the last time we stopped counting, it was probably around 70 to 80 days since the kind of official lockdown where um, the whole country just kind of went into quarantine. And then we kind of hit that point. We PCS'd during all of this mess too. Some of you guys I know did as well. And, um, that was really tough too, but they're kind of hit this point, I think for most of America, if not, um, for those of us as parents, where we just kind of hit this place where we were like, you know, this is really hard. We're really tired of it. Um, and now we're just kind of going into this depression kind of place, right? Where it's like, there's nothing I can do. I feel really powerless to do anything at all. And there's no end in sight. And so what do you do, but just um, watch a lot of Netflix and, um, and try to make healthy meals, but then you kind of even start just taking takeout at some point and taking risks, you know, and I remember telling Matt, honestly, this would have been Late May, I told Matt, I said, you know what I think? There's only so long you can ask a group to follow this these kind of rules and and feel this restricted before people are going to want to reach for whatever they do have control of. And usually that means people are going to start breaking rules. And, um, and so we kind of now have this place where we're all kind of split. We all believe different things. And I just want to start off today with saying this episode, this um, time that we're going to spend together is not going to be a time about politics. It's not going to be about opinions. (laughs) 
about whether or not you should be wearing masks or whether or not your kids should be wearing masks. I mean, if somebody wants to ask me that question, I'm happy to kind of give you my thoughts on it. But this is really um, not going to be about politics. Um, really, I want this to be a time to encourage you guys as parents because we we kind of have enough opinions on the news and on social media and what I really feel like everybody needs is um, just a chance to breathe, just to have some encouragement and just to really process this um, idea of our kids going back to school or not going back to school in a healthy way. Um, and hopefully you're going to hear something that um, helps you in that decision. But I'm not here to tell you what the perfect decision is for your family. You're going to have to decide that. And my hope is that you're going to speak with your spouse and it's going to be a joint decision that you make together. Um, and we're going to talk about that too, because this is affecting a lot of families. It's affecting a lot of marriages. And um, so I just really want to have a real honest conversation in case it encourages you or validates your experience of all of this, especially considering most people are isolated in their homes, maybe talking to a few friends, but for the most part, everybody's just kind of feeling like they're by themselves. Um, so I think um, what I'm going to do, so those of you who are listening, um, what I'd love, first of all, if you are listening and you have the ability to share this on your social media, please do that for me. In fact, I am going to actually take a quick small break and see if I can actually share this myself on my social media. But if you wouldn't mind sharing, because there's a lot of people that I think need to hear this conversation. And so um, share it and let's see if we can get a few other people that might need to be on here hearing this in case they have questions as well. I'm going to be doing um, the best that I can to answer um, your questions. And um, I know I already have a couple already. And so don't be afraid to ask them in the chat thread that is in the live show that we're on right now. Um, please don't send them on social media because that's a completely different window that I have right now. Um, so let's see, let me post this. And if you wouldn't mind posting it as well, we will see what happens. Um, but I really want to hear from you on what your questions are. Or if I'm talking about something and you want me to expand on it, this is a great way for us to just kind of have a dialogue together. Whereas normally when I'm doing the podcast, I'm literally just talking to myself in a mic and hoping it resonates with you somehow. But doing it this way, we can actually engage a little bit and we can actually hear from each other and we can actually um, ask some good questions and process some great things. Um, I think I might even have have a way to have you call in if somebody's super brave. I don't know if how to do that for sure. Um, I think I can invite somebody. So if somebody wants to attempt that at some point and wants to call in and <laughs> try to talk with me, we'll process it together. That's okay too, for those of you who might be super brave. But um, here's, here's what I think that I want to start with. First of all, this issue um, across the board, just talking about the coronavirus and mask wearing and what do we believe about it and um, how are we going to make sense of it in our minds is honestly, um, it's wreaking havoc in our families. And I bet that you guys are experiencing that within your own family, within your own extended family. Um, but I'm seeing that in my sessions with people. And, um, and I know that it's, it's it's such an easy thing to happen, right? When there's something big that's going on, um, I, if you've read Sacred Spaces, the book that I put out in 2015, Sacred Spaces is a multi-sensory experience that um, is life-altering. It is it is life-changing in that it changes the trajectory of your story. Like it's such a big experience and it's so multi-sensory that 
very few people can understand your personal experience of it. And so it becomes a sacred space to you, like sacred meaning, maybe not necessarily spiritual, although it can be, it just means that it's sacred. It's like it's set apart from your normal everyday experience. And it's not like doing dishes every day. This is a significant moment in time that meant something to you. And so therefore, it it, it changed you and you need people to respect that area of your life. And so in a lot of ways, our experience of this coronavirus is a sacred space. Now, yes, everybody is going through it, but everybody's going through it in a different way. Every family has different circumstances. Um, Everybody has family members that might be in that high risk category. And so there's all these reasons of why you might be on the more conservative side or more on the relaxed side or whatever. But the point is, is that everybody has their own personal multi-sensory experience of this event. And because of that, you're going to have very deep seated um, beliefs and values connected to your opinion or to their opinion on what they do and how they handle this. And so I think I want to talk about that first, because For a lot of people, this is impacting your marriage. Um, We tend to marry our opposites anyways. And so um, for a lot of marriages, there's a couple there that one might be more conservative than the other. Um, And so that's causing an issue in your marriage where how do we make a decision about the kids when let's say you're more conservative than your spouse and your spouse is going, you know what, it's going to be fine. It's just like the flu. It's just like any other cold. They're going to, maybe they need to catch it. Maybe they were part of the herd mentality perspective. And so they need to catch it and let's just get it over with. Whereas you are just scared out of your mind, right? And that can cause problems in the marriage if you guys need to be able to agree on this decision, but it's pulling you apart. Um, Some of you have external family members that have differing opinions on it too, on either extreme, right? Maybe a family member that's saying it's not a big deal. Why are you making such a big deal out of it? Or on the other extreme, why aren't you making a big enough deal about it? You know, Bill Gates is trying to take over the world, right? So there's so many opinions. And, you know, I think there's a variety of reasons why it's a sacred space for a lot of people. But when it comes to your child going back to school, um, I told somebody in the last week or so, I said, you know, I think what's the hardest thing about this whole decision is there's this one variable in the decision that involves um, you're taking this risk. And oh, by the way, the risk that you take could be that your child might die. Like that's terrible. And it's so unfair that we're in a place where we're making a decision where there is a a hanging variable that no one can seem to agree on or give us enough information on that this could impact someone's life. And oh, by the way, it could be your child. Now, some of you may not be feeling that risk as much, as much as you might be thinking about that risk for the teachers or for someone else. Either way, the point is, is that this decision is hard to make when that is a piece of the pie. Like think of a pie chart and that a percentage of this pie chart is that somebody could die. Like that's just a really hard decision to make. And so of course we as parents, um, most parents are feeling well, like if that's a variable, then of course I have to choose the most 
conservative or the most protective stance on it if that's the variable that I'm thinking of. Otherwise, what kind of parent would I be? And so if that's what you're struggling with, I just want to validate that. And it's okay if you're not struggling with that. Remember, everybody is on different places of the spectrum, and I'm not here to tell you what you should think or feel. But I know that there are some of you guys out there that are really wrestling with this decision, and you really want your kids to be able to go back to school you wish things were normal. You wish you could snap your fingers and they would be normal. Um, only if you send them, you're afraid that something would happen to your child. And so um, it's a valid fear and it's unfair that we're going through something like that and that we're in a place to make a decision where we have to consider our child being at risk. And so that's what makes this so hard. So just know that if you're struggling with that today, um, everybody is. And, um, and hopefully we're going to kind of keep on that theme of how it it's good that everybody is going through this together, that we're not alone. Everybody is facing some sort of decision together on this. And there's, yes, there's going to be a wide range of feelings and opinions on it, but at least this is not something that you isolated by yourself are making a decision that you don't know how to make. So um, I'm going to get into some questions and get into some things that I'm hearing in my sessions. Um, again, if you guys have specific questions, um, feel free to put them in the chat. It's okay if you don't have any questions too. I have plenty of material that I can cover and I have um, plenty of experience talking to myself if that's what I end up doing. But I just want to give you guys permission and give you um, the space to feel like you're not interrupting me if you do want to ask a question um, or if you want to process what it is that I'm talking about. And I'm happy to respond and engage with you if you have something you want to talk about. So because I can also expand on how this impacts your marriage and um, give you guys some communication tips on um, how you can talk with your spouse or with your external family members, um, which by the way, that actually makes me remember that this is also impacting friendships too. Like, I don't know about you, but um, you know, there's so many of my friends that have different stances on this with their kids, those without kids, um, and then making decisions based off of what your friends do or don't do. And that's really hard. And so I would just encourage you guys out there. Um, don't allow this situation, this season in your life to impact your relationships so much that you lose relationships because of it. You know, it's kind of stepping back and just saying, you know what, this is a tough time. They're making the best decision that they can. I'm going to make the best decision that I can. And we're going to get through this. And on the other side, um, try your best if possible to not lose any relationships in the process. We're all in a very vulnerable state. We are all in a place of heightened anxiety. Nobody's going to make good decisions or respond well in their fear and in their anxiety. And that's where almost everybody is. And so lots of grace, lots of mercy, lots of forgiveness right now, as we all navigate a very, very difficult season and a very difficult um, decision. So, okay, so here's a couple of few things that I'm noticing um, as I'm talking with people. Number one, some of the biggest, not number one, there's actually several big topics that everybody's concerned about. Number one, it'd be the social development of our kids um, and their, the importance of them being around other kids. Even if you're homeschooling, this is an issue for you right now because everybody's been so isolated for so long. Um, maybe homeschool kids are a little bit more used to meeting kids online or having classes online. But for a majority of people, People, um, a lot of parents are concerned about their kids' social development and um, wanting them to get back to a place where they can play sports again, where they can be around kids their age, um, where they can start going through those developmental milestones socially that are so important during this time. Um, 
Number two, and I'm going to kind of go back on each of these and kind of unpack them a little bit more with some questions. But number two is the academic concern, right? There's so many people that are saying, you know, well, how good of a quality was their education in fourth quarter? And um, what's going to happen this school year? And are they going to get behind in their in their studies? Um, if I choose the virtual route, um, are they going to be educated less? Is it going to be more on my shoulders? And so they're going to get less of an education because I chose their safety versus them being in the classroom and physically present where they might get a little bit, quote, better of an education. So academic is definitely a concern for a lot of people. Sports is also another big concern. Um, a lot of you guys out there have kids that were playing sports, very active in sports. Maybe they were doing really well and were on their own trajectory to do um, to finish strong in high school, high school and go into college. And this is completely disrupted, not only the momentum that they had, but not to mention the training cycles and keeping their um, skills up. Um, I know my my son was in um, weight conditioning or sports conditioning and was really making some great strides and not having access to the gym is making a lot of kids, a lot of our older kids feeling a little bit more insecure and feeling like they've lost the momentum that they had. So that's a, definitely an issue if you're seeing that in your kids as well. So kind of going back, let me kind of address some questions that have popped up. One was um, one about the social development of their kids. And so one of the questions that I got was, I'm worried about my child's social development. They've spent a lot of time on video games lately. And um, let's see, what does it say? Um, and they feel like their son isn't doing very well because the only social connection that they've had lately is playing video games. So first of all, I can totally understand this question. Um, I have boys myself um, and I know my brother who is in Georgia. Um, my kids have been connecting to their cousin in Georgia. And there was, especially during the beginning of all this, where we just kind of threw structure and rules out the window. And said, this is the only social interaction they're going to get. So we're going to like, really just kind of, it's just going to be what it is. And it's for a short, temporary amount of time. And we're just going to see what happens. What else can we do? Now, um, we did at some point kind of rein that in a little bit just because it just was mind numbing that it was going on for forever. And to be honest, um, just for speaking from my own family's perspective, um, the more relaxed we got on the kids structure and um, making that flexibility more for them to socialize on video games, the more it actually enabled us to pull away from the kids and do our own thing and watch Netflix or just kind of numb out ourselves because because this was stressful for us too. And I think just realizing that it got up to a place where um, I'm allowing them to have less structure because it feels good for me. And that's kind of where we kind of went back and, and said, okay, this is not going to be healthy in the long run. And so we then started to implement a little bit more structure again and really trying to um, get those chores back in place and implementing a few other things just to help um, so the kids weren't playing endless amounts of video games. So this is not for me to judge parents out there on how long your kids are playing video games. But for this particular question, um, I would definitely say, you know, Kids are not going to do very well when their only social their only social opportunity is over video games. But I also want to 
balance that maybe um, that for a lot of us parents who didn't grow up with at least as many video games as there are now. And we honestly, back when we were kids, didn't have the socializing necessarily over video games at the time. It was just whoever you were playing next to or you're playing video games by yourself. And so I just want to remind you guys, this is a huge, huge message that it's one of those, like, if you get nothing out of this time other than this, please hear this. The way that you grew up is obviously not the way that your kids are going to grow up. Your experience is not something that you can enforce on your kids if you haven't figured that out by now. So while I grew up as a latchkey kid playing outside all the time, that's not the generation that we have now. It's not the culture that we have now. And that's okay. All right. So I just want to encourage you guys out there that you're probably trying to throw your kids outside to play or go ride bikes and they're just staring at you like that's just the most horrible idea you could ever give them. You might as well give them a chore. But for this generation, it's different. And they're socializing over the internet, over video games, and we never had that experience. But for them, it is their experience. And I'm not saying that that should be that way all the time. But it is something to kind of step back and consider as you parent to go, okay, this is their world. This is their generation. This is going to be different from what I would like for it to be. Um, So I've got to figure out what's the balance for their culture and their generation to make sure that I'm teaching them all the other things that they need to know in order to be um, amazing adults, right? So just kind of balance that out. And if your kids are not doing well right now, because they've been um, pulled away from opportunities to socialize, or um, if, if they're just struggling and you can't figure out what it is, then take a look at what the balance is in your day and in your week with the kids. Are they getting outside and doing something that maybe they don't want to do, but that you guys could go do together? Are they um, getting times to socialize with you? right? Don't underestimate the power of having dinner time discussions right now. And if they're old enough, talk about what the virus is doing in the culture, stimulate their minds with conversation. Don't underestimate the power of conversation at home to continue to develop them socially and in their communication skills. So just remember, they can still develop even though they're at home. The key here is for you to balance things at home as much as possible. Make sure you're kind of hitting all of those marks as best as you can. They have the structure, of maybe doing chores. They have the structure of maybe learning something or reading something that you are working on communication skills um, outside of a screen, right? And then maybe you're also giving them ways to connect with other kids um, online. Is it ideal? No, but it is what we have right now. And what you have right now is better than nothing. So um, Another question was um, about sports. Um, This was about um, their child was doing great in sports before the coronavirus. And now um, their their child wants to go back to school and they don't feel comfortable with their child going back to school. And so what should they do? Should they let their child get back into sports again or because that's what they really want and you want them to be happy and feeling like they're making that progress? Or um, should you be more conservative? and just kind of hold them off for now. So that is such a tough decision. So if your kids are old enough that they have opinions on the matter and they really are wanting to choose for themselves, this is so hard and my heart goes out to you. I'm in similar place. Um, I just want to say, um, I think I'm going to answer that question with some of these other points that I've noticed in doing sessions with people because 
hopefully it will give you what you need to be able to address that with your child. Um, it sounds like a teenager. So address that with your teenager um, with all these other things in mind. And so um, those of you who are listening and are live with me right now, just give me like a quick thumbs up if you can still hear me um, or give me a question if you want to make sure that I address a topic before we close out. Um, it'll be um, it'll be about an hour total before we close out today, just so you kind of are tracking on time. So let me know how you're doing. Let me know what you're thinking. So um, here's here's how I want to answer you know, really all of those areas, the social issue, the social concern, the academic concern, the sports concern, the health concern, um, really any of your anxiety right now. Um, I want to address that with a couple of points that um, have come up with me in sessions with other people. And so here's what I here's what I think I want to say. First of all, your experience is not your kid's experience. Okay, you are an adult with a marriage, probably with a job, maybe um, you are having you're a parent, and your experience of this virus is far different than your kid's experience. Um, depending on the age of your child, they may not even be fully understanding or aware of what's going on and why it's impacting their world the way that they are. I've even known some parents who haven't even really explained it to their kids and tried to make it so that their kids aren't affected too much. So, and I'm not saying that that's necessarily wrong. It depends on your child. Child. But just remember, I want to talk to the moms here for just a second. We have um, a, a temptation as mothers, I've seen, to take our brain out of our heads and to try to either put it in our child's head or try to take our child's brain and try to understand everything that they're thinking, feeling, wanting, whatever, so that we can be the best mom possible. And um, we do that because we want to serve them and we want to meet their needs and we want to get it right. And this is especially true when you have those tiny babies and those toddlers when they don't have the communication skills to describe what it is that they're going through. And so you definitely are trying to figure out mind read. Okay. So I just want to encourage you as moms, especially right now, um, that you're not going to be able to understand fully what your kid's experience is. You're not going to feel all their feelings. You're not going to get it right every single time. You're not going to get this decision right, okay? You're going to do the best that you can to make the best decision you possibly can with the information that you have for your child. And they may like it or they may not like it, but you're going to do the best that you can. And your job is to be the best parent possible and make that decision as best as you can. But just remember that this connection that you want to have with your child in their mind and to mind read and get it perfect is not supposed to be your role. That connection, that soul connection that you might want with your child that you may long for is actually reserved for their spouse someday. Have you ever noticed, especially if you're married, that you have this amazing connection with your spouse that his mom doesn't have with him, right? Because that, that relationship was never that intimate, right? There are things that we know about our spouse, like we can read their, kind of read, not read their mind, but we can kind of read their feelings or their emotions or kind of get a good guess or we kind of have this feeling of we know what's going on with them because we have a connection with our spouse, right? That connection with your spouse is going to be different than the connection that you have with your kids. And your kids will someday have a connection with someone else that is so special and they're going to understand your child more than you ever could. 
So if you feel disconnected and you don't know how to make this perfect decision for them, just remember your role is to be the best parent that you can be and to responsibly make the best decision that you can. So hopefully that made sense. Um, just to encourage those of you who have, especially those young kids that you're stressed because you don't feel close enough to your kids or that you're not able to mind read them. So, okay. So here's, here's actually what I want to cover. Number one, Everybody, especially in America, if not the world, is adjusting to this virus. I know you know that. I know that's obvious. But the truth is, you have to keep reminding yourself that this is not just you and that your decision is not going to make or break your child or your child's year because everybody is making this decision at the same time. All the schools are adjusting. Okay, that means all the schools are adjusting their curriculum, all the schools are adjusting their um, their benchmark, their standards, their expectations. Okay, everybody is adjusting, which means most school districts are going to lower their standards to make sure and all agree that we can't ask what we used to ask from our kids, at least temporarily. Okay. So keep that in mind. I have two episodes that are coming up in the next. I'm about to actually start kind of a parenting kid series um, for the next couple episodes on the podcast. I have an amazing superintendent from the Leavenworth district where I just came from, Keith uh, Miss Bagel. He is um, an amazing superintendent that actually coaches other superintendents all over the country. Like, I think you're going to love his interview where you're going to get to really understand the public school side of things in a, in a fresh, new, just wonderful way. He's an amazing man. You'll love um, not only his episode, but also his encouraging words on how to navigate this next school year. Um, I also have interviewed um, Tom Black, who is also a veteran who created a app for kids and kind of tracking their mental health and their social health. Um, that's going to be a really powerful episode that, you know, if you're really concerned about your kids, even if you're just concerned about their sleep cycle, if they're doing well, and, and that maybe the, the issues that you're seeing in them right now might have to do with their sleep, then he's created a free app where you can track all of that. And so um, great, great episodes that are coming up past even just this live show for today. So, um, but that's all to say, everybody's going through this adjustment together. Okay. Number two, because everybody is adjusting, that means they're also adjusting sports, right? The, the standards and expectation of sports are being lowered. We have so many teams, you just even um, professional teams that are lowering their standards. They can't even get to the gym. They can't even start their summer training. And that's going to impact their next year. And if they are having to adjust, and if they're not going to be performing at the level that they're used to be, that they're used to performing, then maybe we can lower the standards on our kids as well to just remind them and remind ourselves that the whole country is lowering the standards and you may not like that and that may be not something that you wanted to have happen but that's what is happening and maybe we should we should receive that as grace to go you know what everybody's offering that grace and so I'm going to extend that grace to my own family as well 
I also want to remind you that colleges are going to adjust as well. So when millennials and Generation Z um, grew up with internet and digital devices and access to all this information on their phones for the first time, we're entering into college, they actually changed the way that they taught a whole generation. So now, I mean, back when I was in college, I was handwriting all of my notes and taking notes when the professors were lecturing. Nowadays, kids don't do that. They literally take a picture with their phone whatever you put up on the board, which who knows how they're actually even retaining that information and studying it. But the good news is I'm not in college anymore. I don't have to figure that out. But colleges adjusted. Colleges adjusted to new learning strategies, new teaching strategies, new technology in order to adjust to a new generation. And I just want to remind you that this generation is going to be impacted by coronavirus, not just for this year, but perhaps for the next year or two as we recover, even if coronavirus goes away. We might be recovering over the next year or two on how to do teaching formats, how to be in person with people, how to learn all of that. The world may actually academically become a better place as we learn something from all this. My point here is that colleges will adjust. So if you're concerned about whatever decision that you make this year, whether you do a virtual route or whether you do a school route, um, how that's going to impact your child's academic standing and whether or not you're going to be able to do a good job from home or whether it's going to be enough when they go to school. Just remember, colleges are going to have to adjust to that and take that into account. They're not going to show up with other peers and be like completely beneath their peers because of whatever decision that you choose today. Okay, everybody will have gone through the same exact thing. They will have bonded on it. They will all tell stories about it. They'll probably process it in college and they'll study it eventually on how it shaped an entire generation. Our hope is that it's going to shape the entire generation for good, that we're going to see incredible innovation out of this. We're going to see a lot of really great things coming from it. And it's going to come from your kids. It is going to come from your kids because they're going to go through something that you and I don't even understand because we were adults when we went through it and they are kids. So giving them that room to struggle giving them that room to experience whatever it is that they're experiencing, to process that with you, um, gives them the character development that they need in order to become innovative, to do something about it later, okay? Have these wonderful conversations around the dinner table of what would you do? How would you solve this dilemma at school or in the country or in politics or in the church or whatever? And see what your kids say. I think um, it would be pretty inspiring. Okay, another thing to remember is um, that this season is temporary, okay? This decision that you're about to make is for right now, it's only for some of you, it's only for the first few weeks. Everybody, every school is doing something different. I'm hearing lots of different things. Um, I know here in Texas, they are, um, school is delayed until after Labor Day. I think actually it might be virtual until Labor Day and then they'll consider in person. Um, but it's, it's actually made for some of us that decision a little bit easier. And we'll come back to that here in a second. But lots of schools are either giving you the choice um, 
And I've even had some like private schools are saying they're just not going to give a virtual option. And that's kind of forcing a lot of parents to make a decision to either do in-person or homeschool. Um, if you are in that position where you are needing to consider homeschooling, I mean, you're not sure if you're ready to do something like that, but you really feel like you need to make that decision. I highly encourage you to go to my Facebook page. I shared um, uh, last week, I shared a video from Claire Wood, a good friend of mine who um, does master's level um, college teaching, but she also homeschools her kids and she laid out all kinds of wonderful um, tips and covering some myths of homeschooling and giving you even a worksheet to be able to kind of process out your fears of if that's a decision that you are trying to make. So I highly encourage you go check that out. I think it would be really helpful since I'm not a homeschool teacher and can't um, address that fully today, but she's a wonderful resource for that. But going back to the fact that this is temporary is super important because whatever decision that you make for this quarter, for this semester, or for this year, remember that it's a temporary decision. I think we need to remember that we're not making a life decision for our kids. We're not even making a full-on high school career or their whole from this point forward that we are making a forever decision to homeschool or a forever decision to go virtual. You are making a temporary decision. And guess what? this temporary decision, you can reevaluate later. So try not to put this burden or this panic on your shoulders to go, whatever decision I make is going to be this decision that is that could go catastroph catastrophically wrong and I can make the wrong decision here, okay? Just, just know that you can make a decision and then you can change your mind, okay? I don't think anybody is going to judge anybody if they change their mind. So make the best decision when it's time for it and remember that it's temporary. It could be just for the semester. It could be for the year. But then we're going to probably figure it out and be at a new place, a different place next year, where either it'll go back to the way that it was, or if it's changed or altered, we're going to be ready for that because of what we just went through now. So make whatever decision you feel like you can make or need to make right now and know that you can reevaluate it as you go. You can pay attention to your kids and how they're doing and, um, and see if you're kids are doing well with a decision that you made. Um, I know Matt and I kind of every assignment kind of take a look, do a checkup on our family, see how the kids are doing, see how I'm doing, see how he's doing to see if this is something that we want to continue in this lifestyle. And so we kind of always have to evaluate how the kids doing. And so just know you can do the same thing with this decision. You can um, ask and communicate with your kids what they need from the school year, whether or not they're getting it and reevaluate if you need to. Um, I already kind of mentioned that this generation is going to really form from this. Um, I think I actually want to, before I go forward anymore, I know, um, Kim, not to single you out, but I do want to answer your question. You brought up a great question. So I'm going to go over to Kim's question that she um, submitted. And if you guys have any other questions, let me know. A lot of the questions that I got were very similar about just not sure which way to go and being really concerned about their social development um, and really concerned about um, about, sorry, I was looking at my notes. Um, and I'm also going to make sure that before we end today, I'm also going to address the guilt that a lot of you guys are feeling too, because that's a lot of the questions that I'm getting to is I just feel guilty as a parent for um, the decision that I'm leaning towards. 
So I want to make sure I address those kind of more personal questions. For some of you, you're, you kind of know what you want to do with your kids, um, but you feel really guilty about that decision that you want to make. And so I want to make sure I address that. So um, Kim asked a great question and Kim, thank you for being so vulnerable with your story. Um, but I'll just kind of give a high level um, without reading all the personal details. I'll just give a high level um, understanding of what the question is and um, what you're asking. And I think it's a really important question. So basically, um, her child, her daughter um, really had what I would call just kind of a, a reaction or a regression in her speaking ability when they um, were going through a deployment. And then when they went to Germany, um, she kind of got better and, and then she did really well with online school last spring. And, but now with all the quarantine and staying home, it's like she's regressing in some of her social development and her speaking ability with peers and with acquaintances. And so now that they're approaching this question on neither choosing a virtual option for school or in person, you know, this is such a great military kid question because and honestly, Kim, I, I bet my kids are going through the same thing. We've just moved to Texas. Um, they haven't made any friends here yet. I mean, we do have some friends here um, that will help them in school. But as far as going to school and meeting the, all the kids at school, they haven't done that yet. And so Kim is basically saying her daughter hasn't necessarily made any new friends in the school system yet. And so um, what do we need to consider or plan ahead for making the decision when she's regressed a little bit and she doesn't really have a lot of friends yet in the school. And so here's what I'm hearing, Kimberly, and I know that you're listening now. And so please um, let me know if, um, if, there, if you want me to expand on this or if I'm not addressing your question really well. But here's a couple of things that I'm seeing in your question, okay? Number one, I'm, I'm definitely seeing regression. And so I just want to remind you that even teenagers can regress in their development when they're under a lot of stress. And this is definitely a very stressful time. So we as adults regress, right? We start numbing ourselves with alcohol or food or numbing ourselves with entertainment like the television. We all regress. I mean, how many of us, including myself, are not working out like we used to or maybe not eating like we used to or just are regressing in our personal goals, right? We're doing it as parents too. So it's not surprising to see your kids go through this. So if your child is regressing in any way, um, and it may not be as obvious for like your middle school and high schoolers. So, um, but regression can very much for this generation, what we call Generation Z, um, can look like um, their social skills are, are starting to go downhill. So think of it this way, this generation um, would rather lose their sense of smell or would rather lose a limb than give up their phones. Okay, that is complete. Well, probably us adults are kind of getting close to that too. But we had a whole upbringing without cell phones. And so we know we can exist without them. But this generation does not has not experienced that. So when you think about that, um, most of this generation um, at this time of development, when they should be looking to their peers, that their peers define them, their peers, um, they look to their peers to see, find their value. That's just kind of a normal stage of development here. 
Um, a lot of this generation is so much on their devices that they're not even looking up when they are at school before the coronavirus. They're not even looking up and having that eye to eye contact and normal conversation anyways. This was something that we were already struggling with, with um, things like kids didn't even know. And I'm not accusing Kimberly and her parenting at all. This is just I want to speak to the generation. And because that, that's kind of like our status quo, right? That's kind of like our baseline and understanding that this generation is already struggling with having those conversations. I mean, even with my 16 year old this past week, um, we were talking about phone skills, like how do you answer the phone correctly? How do you close out a phone call correctly? Um, You know, there's a lot of um, lack of social skills and conversating that is happening. And for a lot of this generation, Kim, there is a lot of um, kids who struggle or have a little bit of fear with that social um, intimacy, really, to look somebody in the eyes when you don't know them, when everybody's looking down on their phone and all of your peers are looking down, they're not making that eye contact. And then you go out into the world with these adults who are used to making eye contact because that's how you connect with people not on your device, devices are secondary. I think that's really intense for a lot of these kids. And so they're needing to learn how to have that eye contact and develop those social skills. Well, now we have created an environment with all the quarantine and all the isolation where we've created this cocoon for our families and everybody's super comfortable with each other. And um, we're fine with looking maybe at each other in the eyes. It's not that social awkwardness of meeting someone new. And we haven't practiced that for a while. And so it's normal for them to regress a little bit in that and want to be in a more comfortable place of I don't want to have to, right? And going back to school is a, oh, I'm going to now have to do that again. And that can create anxiety and fear um, to think about doing that again. And so there's a really great temptation to say it's going to be too hard for her to go to school. And especially if she kind of is regressing and isn't uh, or if she's feeling that fear and anxiety or doesn't want to. Um, And I can't make that decision for you, Kim, on what you want to do or what is right for her. But what I would encourage you to do, though, is if this is something that you um, are going back and forth on, I would just say if you are if in the option of her going back to school, um, maybe we kind of approach it the way that I said a few minutes ago, this is, this is the decision we can make today and it's going to involve some character stretching and it's going to be hard to learn that skill again. And we're going to have to practice it. Um, but, um, it's kind of like, um, sorry to put you on the spot here, Kim, but Kim does, she's a yoga instructor and she does amazing amazing things with all the things that I cannot do. And so um, I know that there are are certain positions that at first when you try, it's just you feel very unsuccessful at it. And the only way to build your strength is to continue to do that stretch, continue to do that pose until you develop the confidence in it. That's exactly what we're going to have to do with our kids at every level, right? Whether it is um, the discomfort of wearing a mask when you don't want to, the um, the discomfort discipline of wearing a mask um, when you don't want to, the discipline of stretching yourself socially when you don't want to. Um, Let's see, she's clarifying here. She actually wants to go to school, but we're thinking it's not safe. And we want to create a space in the classroom 
Um, and we want to create space in the classroom for others who may need it. It's yes. Okay. So that's a great perspective. Thank you for clarifying on that. So she wants, that's great. She wants to actually go to school. So we're not dealing with her anxiety. Um, but you're wanting, and you know what, this was actually one of the things that I was going to bring up Kim. So that's a great point. Um, so this, when there's negotiate, remember when I said that even um, marriages are disagreeing about what to do about, you know, the kids, we're going to find ourselves in disagreement with our kids too. And um, your kids who may be really anxious and ready to go back to school and have that normalcy. And those of us that might feel a little bit more conservative on it um, and are, are having that fear, um, that's going to be tough too. And it's going to create possibly a lot of conflict. And so just remember, I would just encourage you that you're the parent. And um, that doesn't mean that you should make a decision in an overbearing way that there should be lots of conversation, there should be lots of, um, I don't want to call it a negotiation, unless you feel like you're up for negotiating with your child. But um, to embrace that conflict, and at the end of the day, make the decision that you feel like you need to the most. But there's a lot of people who are wanting to make this decision because they know that this is going to create space for other people who might need it. So some of you might be able to support your kids virtually at home and you have the bandwidth and you have maybe a remote job, or you can you can make room for that. And then there's these other kids who don't have that option. And so fewer kids in the classroom creates that way. And so it almost sounds like um, you have a lot of empathy, Kim, for the situation. And so I really love that and respect that. Um, she, I think she recognizes that she needs to exercise her social skills because they're diminishing and showing up as what a wise kid that she already knows that she um, is developing that social anxiety and the fact that she wants to stretch herself that way. Um, I think that's an amazing kid that you have raised so far. And so I would just encourage you that whatever you guys agree on as, as parent and child, that you find the win-win for both of you. So if you end up making a parental decision that she stays home for right now, what other things that can she do that she wants to do that would excite her that would help her stretch and help her address any of that fear and anxiety so she doesn't feel like she's continuing to isolate completely at home. So perhaps it is with other um, other kids that you do feel safe with, um, whether it's a job, which brings up a whole other set of anxiety. My son just got his first job today. And there's been a lot of stress and a lot of talking about what we would feel like um, we would feel comfortable with him doing, getting a job during COVID. But we knew that socially he needed it, emotionally and mentally he needed it. He was bored to the point that he was in tears in the house. And it really became a place where we decided, okay, what can we look into that would help him socially and mentally, but would also help us feel like he's doing something that's safe. And so we worked on that. We talked about it. We negotiated on it and found something that we felt really good about. And so, Kim, I would just say um, you're doing a great job. Just continue to keep that balanced and keep um, her in the conversation and give her those opportunities to stretch and, um, and face that fear as much as possible outside of the house because she's probably super comfortable at home but needs to work on that outside the house. Um, 
Let's see. Um, somebody else asked or said, disagreements with kids are normal. My kids haven't done well in the past when I'm operating and making decisions based out of fear, especially the fear of the unknown. Thank you for um, making that statement. And I, I think that's a great um summary of what we're all doing here is that we're all making decisions out of fear. And you're right, none of us are going to make decisions well when it's out of fear. And your kids are going to notice that, right? And your kids are going to pick up on your fear, they're going to pick up on your anxiety. And so you're, they're going to either take on that anxiety, or they're going to be frustrated by the fact that you're anxious, right? So I think being able to calm yourself and take some deep breaths and make the decision that you can and stay as calm as possible. And, um, and know that your decision doesn't have to be perfect, that you may end up making a decision out of fear. But you're also that actually leads into the topic on the guilt that we carry as parents, because um, that's where that fear is coming through. And so I think I want to uh, make sure that I cover. I'm loving all this engagement, by the way. So please continue to chat with me or ask a question if you have it. We have about less than 10 minutes left before I'll let you guys go for today. But um, I'm loving the fact that you guys are engaging the way that you are. So here's a few things that I want to say to you um, on, on just kind of building up your esteem as parents. First of all, um, whatever age your kids are, your kids are at that age because you've been an amazing parent to this point and you've done a really good job raising them and you've made a lot of really good decisions and you've made some decisions that you probably wish you could go back and, and do a little bit better. And that's just life and it's just parenting and your kids are going to learn how to have grace with you. And someday when they have kids of their own, they're going to come back and say, mom, I I know you did the best that you could. Um, and I was angry with you then, but um, I appreciate what you tried to do, right? So think of the long game here and just um, and just remember that you are a successful parent and you've done a really good job to this point. And don't feel like all of your parenting comes down to this one decision. Um, there's a lot of you guys out there that... Um, feel like you maybe want your kids to go back to school um, and just the just the desire to return to normalcy, just the desire to have the kids go back to school um, is something that you want again. Maybe you worked from home, maybe um, you were just experiencing maybe I remember when my kids, both of my kids were finally in school, they were in elementary school in the first week that I had like time to myself after like what felt like a decade of um, little people. And I loved that feeling of freedom and finally getting to sleep again and get my brain back. And some of you guys are there again, where you just need your sanity back. And then there's this other part of your brain that feels really guilty for feeling that way. And I just want to say that out loud, that that's a normal feeling. And um, you're not a bad parent because you maybe want your child to go back to school. And it's also okay if you're really enjoying them at home and you selfishly want to have more time with them at home and your kids want to go to school and you're disagreeing on that. And so I just want to say you're not a bad parent if you want things to go back to normal and you want them to, um, and that you are ready for them to go back to school. 
Um, it's okay if you enjoyed work. If you are working, if you had a job or you were doing remote work and you really were finding fulfillment in that and now you're facing a decision where you want them to stay home and do virtual and you feel like you're not going to be good at that and that maybe you, quote, should be good at that. And if you loved your child enough, then you would be uh, as good as possible at it and you would have all this energy and attention to be able to put to it and you'd be this master homeschooler. I just want to alleviate that anxiety too. That we are all built with for different things and we are all um we have different strengths and different talents um i have a good friend of mine um the um jennifer hamrick that did the episode on homeschooling um she has an early childhood education degree and is an amazing teacher of kids i am a teacher of adults that's why i'm doing a podcast for all of you guys right now and not your kids i do great with adults um i can work with kids but i don't know if i would want to work with kids all the time and that's just what my strengths are and it's okay for you to um say that maybe this is not your talent to teach well it was never something you necessarily wanted to do and that doesn't make you a bad parent. You are doing the best that you can to raise your kids and you have a calling and you have a fulfillment and a responsibility to continue to raise them. But you have lots of different talents and gifts out there. And I do not want you to feel bad because you don't feel talented at teaching or disciplined or even have the strength to be consistent. I know that if my kids were home with me and I was doing homeschooling, even the virtual setting at home is going to be a huge stretch for us at the Weather's house because discipline and consistency is not one of my strengths. I can have great intentions to have a week that is on a schedule, but two days in, like it, it falls apart and I'm just, it's just really hard for me. And so even if we do virtual, that's going to just have to be something we all address as a family, that it's just really hard for our family to do that. So I just want to ease any guilt or insecurity if you're not good at that either. And that doesn't mean that you're a bad parent. Um, it's also okay that you want things to be back to normal. Like this is really, really hard and it's unbelievable too. And most people are still in shock and have a lot of anxiety and you're over it and we all are and all of those feelings are valid. Um, so let's see, I have a couple comments. Um, Kim from earlier was saying that she's working, um, detasseling corn in the open air. That's a great, that's a great job. We were looking for open air jobs as well. Um, she's even made a friend. Um, and thank you for the congratulations. We're really proud of him for getting that job and awesome that she made a friend because that's something that she was concerned about with the social anxiety. So that's going to help a ton. Um, let's see. Unveiled victory says, um, part of a relationship is messing up and owning it. The guilt is counterproductive and lacks understanding that it's good for our kids to see our mistakes. It's what we do after that, which teaches them who we are and who they are. Um, such, so, so wise of words. I appreciate that so much. And I agree 100%. And that's why I would say if your kids are old enough, definitely talk with them about this decision, weigh out the pros and cons. Um, if you are needing to make the conservative choice to keep them home because of what's happening in your particular school, explain the safety behind that to your kids. And it may come down to saying, you know, I know that this is not a decision that you want to make. It's not something we want to make this decision either, but this is what we just are going to have to do. 
Um, I said to one of my clients this past week, you know, a lot of this is how we vision cast for our kids. And so I just maybe want to close today with that in mind is that vision cast with your kids as you make this decision that this is um, think of it like a sports team, right? This whole coronavirus has gone on far longer far, far longer than we ever expected it to go. And it's almost like playing a sports game and you're in the game. And right now, as we're making this decision for school, um, we're in like the peak of of the game and everything that we do, every decision that we make right now kind of makes or breaks the game and how we um, play the game and how we feel about the game afterwards. And so the team has to huddle together. The team has to pull together and have a common vision of the fact that we want to get through this strong, that we want to win, that we want to be healthy that we want to be as unscathed as possible, perhaps like Kim was saying, that we want to be able to make a difference in families around us for those that might um, either need us to be a little bit more conservative than we want to be, or perhaps making room for them in the school um, for those who need it. Whatever your decision is and whatever your vision is and whatever your values are, bring your kids in on that discussion and make it a team mission statement that this is how we are going to get through coronavirus. This is how we're going to get through the next school year together. This is what we're going to be about. This is what we are going to stand for. This is how we're going to handle if one of us were to get the coronavirus, right? What are we going to do to take care of ourselves? How are we going to rally together? The point is that we're all making decisions to work together so that we win as a family cast vision for your kids. When you cast vision, that part of their brain is not developed yet. The frontal cortex does not develop till age 26. And if you did not know what the frontal cortex does, it actually is the ability to think into the future and make decisions based off of being able to think into the future. So your kids right now can't think about what November is going to feel like when they go back to school. They can't even think it through. And they can't think of the consequences of if they don't go back to school. All they have is the initial anxiety of now. So it's your job to cast the vision for them for the things they cannot see. And when you do cast that vision, um, like everybody in the chat was saying already, which you guys have been amazing, is cast vision not with fear, cast vision with the certainty that you create. That is something that I've been saying to myself a lot lately. The quality of my state, meaning my attitude, the quality of my state is determined by the certainty that I create. In all of this uncertainty, in all of your confusion and anxiety in making this decision, please remember that you have incredible influence and you have the ability to make a decision and you have the ability to create certainty in your home and in your family. Create that certainty together. What do you believe? What will you do? What will you be about? And what will your family together be certain about? That we will get through this together and then you remind each other as you go along on the tough days ahead, 
of the certainty that you all agreed on. So I hope that this was helpful for you guys. Thank you guys for tuning in. I had a blasty blast. Um, thank you for those who were able to join me and ask great questions and dialogue. Um, I'd love to do this again. If you guys enjoyed this question and answer, I'm definitely going to consider doing these more often about different topics. And so I so, so enjoyed spending this time with you. Thanks again for being um, just great friends and what I would call family and for supporting me and this podcast as well. So I hope it was encouragement to you and I really enjoyed my time with you. So have a great weekend and until next time. Thank you for listening to the Life Giver Podcast. If you're enjoying these episodes, please share the podcast with other service couples that may benefit from the show. If you're feeling especially grateful, head on over to patreon.com forward slash lifegiver or find the link in today's show notes where for just a couple of dollars, you can help breathe life into more service families. If you'd like more information about me or LifeGiver, head on over to coreyweathers.com or life-giver.org.